Hello and welcome. Did you call me Trump? I did. I mean, I am, said, the, I am the best Trump there is. I mean, there, there aren't any better ones than me. I mean, you, uh, you, you just said, you know, trust, trust in me. Like, I'll steer the ship. I'll do the right thing, right? That's sort of what he kind of always said, right? Like, I don't know. I'm I don't the only one who can... I don't... I just, I just play the hits. Yeah. Uh, welcome should, to Master... Should I, should I just go away for another year? Like... <laughs> Whoa, who's that? Who's, uh -huh. who's, who is that? Is that is that is that yoga mat? Is that is that Don Jr.? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Chuck wants to keep the the Trump bit going. All right. No, I actually don't. I really don't. <laughs> Welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator JP, and I'm here with Father Chuck. Hey. And Hello. Matt. Yeah, I'm here for real. Like, or is this just voice things cut together to make it sound like I'm here? <laughs> it's the mat it's the mat soundboard <laughs> um we're glad you're here and joining us uh we hope you enjoyed our 200th episode <laughs> um really we great to be recording with chuck and matt for the second time this year <laughs> um all right you know what? we discussed this and i think it would be funny if we just came forward we're recording this episode before the 200th episode yeah. Um, so it's before, we, we, it's, we, like, we got back before like, we get back. Yeah. Yeah. Much like so much of our life, it's a lie. Um, this is actually episode 200, and that will actually well, be episode 201. But no, you know what? I just realized it kind of fits actually with the get back theme. Yeah. Because right, they did let it. They did the, the, the initially the get back project, which morphed into let it be. Right later on, they did it, but they scrapped it because they they weren't happy with the final product. Or so then after Ringo finished filming. Uh, the, the, the magical Christian. Christian, the magical <laughs> Christian, um, that uh, once he finished filming that, they went back in the studio and recorded Abbey Road, yeah. and Abbey Road was released before yeah, yeah. Let It Be. So yeah. perfect, you, you know. This is our yeah, Abbey Road. You know, you, you know, you know, Chuck. I, I was joking about the whole like, let's do the whole episode now so that we spoiled it because it's a future episode, and we're like doing. It was it was a joke. Well, I, I think like, what's really funny <laughs> is that we totally. Uh, it definitely feels like we would have done it on a purpose, but the reason why is because um, Matt just couldn't find the time in his uh, six months uh, to watch Get Back uh, before recording. Yeah. Um, look, 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 you only gave me nine months between episode recordings. I do not have time. Wait, to has watch it been nine months? It hasn't day. been nine months. Has it been nine months? No, it's been what nine weeks. <laughs> I could, I probably couldn't tell you, guys. What happened to me is not that dissimilar. Like I, I, I was, I, I, I was planning on watching all three entries of Get Back before we recorded, and I was then I was going to edit episode one ninety nine, which is still not edited. <laughs> We're gonna be three episodes in the can, um, and then I somehow lost track of days and thought that. Uh, Tuesday was Wednesday, and I was like, oh, God, I have seven hours of the Beatles to watch before we record tomorrow. Um, but then I realized after watching the first episode, oh, I actually have a whole day. So, But, I mean, you know, I recovered from my fumble, so I'm kind of the hero in the situation. Yeah. why? Well, actually, why maybe that's Chuck, because he actually watched it a long time ago and was, like, totally prepared, but... <laughs> Why did I come back just to be high-roaded, 
just to be ignored. Like it's fine. <sighs> um, so in this episode, we're just gonna do a good old fashioned riff sesh. It's just your three guys uh, hanging out, uh, talking about what's on our mind, perhaps even catching up a little bit. Um, so much has happened. A lot has happened. Um, hopefully, by the two... time this episode comes out, there won't be a nuclear war. Let's see. Two. I know for sure that like two out of three of us have had COVID. Oh, that's that's what's happened since we've gone. <laughs> uh, I've caught COVID. Chuck has caught COVID. What uh, do you think? Matt is dodging it like Neo in the Matrix. As far as we know. Or he... But not the new Matrix, because he doesn't dodge things. Okay, all right. That's another thing that happened while we were away. It was the Matrix. Yeah, session. the new Matrix came out. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home came out. Spider-Man No Way Home, a movie I still haven't seen. I, the new Scream. Um, Me? I, I haven't seen it either. The, the entire uh, new uh, Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> Righteous Gemstones, uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Miss Maisel, Miss Maisel, uh, what, uh, uh, the pe- uh, Peacekeeper, Peacemaker, Peacemaker, that's right, Peacemaker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your grandma trying to keep up with all the shows you watch. You watching the Peace, the Peacekeeper? <laughs> um, Matt, Matt had like five more kids. <laughs> I had five more kids. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Five you know of. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot's happened, and it, it's it, it's kind of hard to put it all together. Um, but um, I don't know what is on my mind today. Let me tell you what I'm thinking about. Um, I'm thinking about how the Beatles recorded their last album before they were thirty. That's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> Their entire the entire Beatles career was like ten years. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna ever like be over that because I used to be, I used to get really kind of anxious over the fact that Orson Welles made Citizen Kane when he was 26 years old. Um, and I came upon that. I, I learned that when I was like, I think like 22. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I've only got six years, four years. Um. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, speaking as an artist who never really came into his own, I feel like there's so much pressure um, that we all need to be, like, prodigious, you know? Mm-hmm. That we all need to be, you have to be a prodigy or else you're not, like, a real artist. And, like, that's what everyone, I mean, it's, I think it's cool that the Beatles did all that before they were 30 and, and Orson Welles made Citizen Kane. At 26, uh, in a time when like making anything was like impossible, you know. Um, but sometimes I feel like we obsess over it like way too much, and maybe part of the reason why some of us don't make things is because it's like we're we're kind of rushing it. For one, I can't be this age and make it. And also, like, oh, well, I missed my window. I can't really do it now. It's like you have those two opposing forces working against you. Yeah. I think about this a lot, by the way. And, and I say that because I'm, I'm, I'm turning 40 soon. I'm not going to say me, when. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. And, like, I still haven't really made a movie. 
I made that one thing for the 48-hour film festival as soon as I graduated college, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be my life from now on. Nope. <laughs> um, and I still haven't made anything, but I still like kind of hold on to the dream. I could, I could make something someday, I guess. Ho- hopefully, I think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think about it too. I think about well, like uh, Willie Nelson didn't become a recording artist himself until he was in his forties. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, our creative writing teacher. David Athey used to say that nobody really has anything worth saying until you're 40 in terms of like as a novelist. Yeah. So, you know, we do, we do, we do prioritize the youth in our world. And it's as I, as I get older, I kind of realize that that's folly. Right. And, and, and grasping at the wind (laughs) to quote Ecclesiastes. (laughs) What do you think, Matt? Do you think about this a lot? I mean, do, I does that ever come to your mind? I mean, you've written a book. Like you, you've kind of got one up on the both of us. I think that's spoken like two people that are almost 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I do, yes. I, I, I think that um, two things that cause probably the, the number one cause for lack of accomplishment is the myth of perfection and the um, myth of having missed my chance Yeah. instead of just creating and doing and being. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I think. So like JP, you know, you, you can still make TikTok videos and be famous. Like... <laughs> I feel, Matt, I feel like there was some kind of a, famous evangelical no we don't i don't think there was no, there wasn't a, i don't to. think i don't i don't think there was a anyone was it hmm. episode 12 Maybe. of our show well let's remember. see let's let's start by seeing if he can get the book title right for the first time in 40 years <laughs> <laughs> what's the book chuck what which book love god from the the pastor that we huh are you, are you talking about are you talking about um uh be here now <laughs> is that this is that the wrong time? Yeah. That's the wrong time. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, go ahead. Is it how to be here? <laughs> yes. Ah, that's See, a song, isn't it? Be here now, isn't that a song? That's why I do that. Yes, okay. be here now. I I always confuse it with how to be here. Okay. <sighs> Listen, man. Sorry, I, I don't own that book. I only own that book in digital format. It's not the same. I just I just love that that little quirk like it's just one of my favorite things chuck so i'm not actually teasing you i just find <laughs> joy in it it's like my wife always says verse visa instead of vice versa which i find ironic to begin with <laughs> it's amazing um but doesn't she also say worcestershire sauce but yeah she does um but the funny thing is she corrects herself in her head every time because she goes in her head she goes it's vice versa nope i get it right every time it's well, that's like verse visa. And I'm like, no, it's oh. it's vice versa, and it's you and you and how to be here. It's be here now. It, you oh. do the same thing in your head. That's why I love it. Oh, I do it with. Oh gosh, I do it. I'm gonna confess something. I do that with. I, I've done that with names, and I do this thing where it's like, I know the name is right, but like my confidence level on knowing the name is like I where to like where I second guess. It's like. It's like, they say it's like two names that are similar. So like, let's say it's like, you know, like John or Jack. And and I'm like, I know it's Jack. I know it's Jack. But it's like, 
something causes me to like correct in my head and so I call him John even though like I knew it was right the first time like I can't really explain it but I've had it happen I've had it happen in like funerals Ooh. that I'm leading Ooh. so you get really clever when you just like start finding this is when your creative writing skills come in this man this sermon yeah great man <laughs> this yes. wonderful man this man this this father this friend this beloved child of god yeah. how many adjectives can i come up with <laughs> our brother that's that's great that's what's weird about me in regards to that like and it's it's gonna sound like I'm 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 making it up, but it's real and it's it scares me sometimes. COVID. No. <laughs> Sorry, chaos. That's kind of scary. Sound like you're making it up, but it's never mind. Uh, I, <laughs> I won't even get into that. Um, but <clears throat> remember in Monty Python and the and the Holy Grail, um, when Arthur keeps getting five and three mixed up. Yes. Since we're going to count to five, three, sir, five, uh, three. I do that. Only it's not like, 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 like in the movie, but like, I will literally get three and five mixed up. I'll write five instead of three. And if someone tells me to get three or something, I'll think it's five or some five. So I think it's three. I get five and threes mixed up on, on like phone numbers. That's that's. And like, I won't even know I'm doing it. Like sometimes people have to correct me. I'm like, Oh, I thought I did. I, it's like if I, if I said something was five, like no, it's three. I'm like I, I said I said three. Oh, uh, I get I get left and right wrong. <laughs> oh, that's, but it's 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 totally based off the fact that in my head I'm like, right is dominant for most people. So it's like when you turn right, like it's your dominant direction. And but I'm left-handed, so like I just I do this thing where I I, I, I like I default to dominant. Yeah. Instead of like right or left. And so then I'll say left when I mean right. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're getting old. And you can tell we're getting <clears> old. Oh, I've been doing this for like, I've been doing this for a very long time. In, in the message I sent to you guys today, when I said we're meeting at three, four my time and five my time, confusing poor Charles. Hey. <laughs> and he was like, I'm on it right now. I'm like, one hour, man. I'm like, but you said, like, dude. I, one hour. Come on. What's what's the deal? What's the problem? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. i maybe it's because I had COVID, and now I'm just my my brain is just deteriorating. So thank you, Republicans. Um. So Matt, uh, um. What what do I do, Matt? How do I make a movie? <laughs> like, how do I? It, what's you funny go to is school that... for this. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have that degrees up there. And you, um, have, and you have and you have you have a a, a phone <laughs> with a four K camera in it. That's true. Um, and editing software built right in. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not very good, but um, it, it can it edit a film. Well, listen, uh, I not really, okay. St. Andrew's school. When yeah. I was teaching at St. Andrew's school, middle schoolers went out on middle schoolers. Okay. I'm going to emphasize this middle, middle right. schoolers. Yeah. 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 Middle schoolers. They went out 
on excursions, educational excursions for a for the day, and then they came back Wait, at the end of that was same those high day. Schoolers? <laughs> Middle school. Um, they went. They 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 came back. They they went to their church and they came back to report on them in the chapel, and one of the students had a fully edited movie with music that she made on the bus coming back from the project using only her phone. Yeah, but it probably wasn't very good, CJP, you missed your chance. Lesson learned. (laughs) It it, it wasn't bad. (laughs) Well, it's just kind of funny because going back to Rob Bell, I basically asked him the same question. How do you create things? Um, No, I mean, it's... And he gave you a movie. That's... True. And now it's and now that movie is better because it now takes place in Hawaii. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's do Ooh, it. Now we have to finish the movie in Hawaii. That's an excuse right there to do it, JB. Totally. Um, well, you said something interesting <clears throat> earlier, Chuck, before we were recording. You said the artists are lazy. They are lazy. Yeah. I Why should you... say we we are lazy because we're all artists and we're lazy. I don't know. I feel like I'm more depressed than lazy. But I think laziness. Potato, potato. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a strange. I don't know if it's like because I just haven't been sharpening the knives, or because I've experienced so much more of life. I do know that I've gotten better at coming up with ideas. Um, but when it comes time to sit down, and I I, I pull up you know the pages document. And I just see that blinking cursor. You know, Sein- Jerry Seinfeld talks about this. He's like, I can't write my jokes on my computer because I see that blinking cursor. And it's like, come on, what do you got? What do you- hurry up, you know. <laughs> but even, but I even have yellow pads and that doesn't really help either. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what my, what my deal is. Um, I, I think it's, uh, and I, I don't know how to really get out of it. And part of me is wondering, like, is it is it social media? Is social media zapping my brain so hard that, like, yes? <laughs> but also, is it also uh, watching twenty Marvel films? Um, I you know what you're probably it probably is all of that, right? It's all time suck stuff, right? Yeah. I um, I um, I started to realize that I was spending just an inordinate amount of time on my phone just 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 doing nothing and like and like all this wonder of life is happening around me my children are growing and playing and just you know and i'm and i'm and i'm not paying attention to it i'm sort of passively like oh okay and i'm looking at my phone i'm like that, w- w- what does this what yeah. does this phone there's nothing in this that's more important than that that's true and so i i have deleted all media accounts off my phone i deleted the news app off my phone because that's once i deleted instagram and all that i started just looking at the news all the time and i realized it was just making me angry and unhappy so i deleted the news app off my phone so now like and then i put and then the most recent thing i did is i actually put content blocker stuff on my phone like blocking websites so like i can't go to crack.com anymore because i used to just go there and just do nothing and get frustrated and how terrible that site has gotten. And so like now like I pretty much go to like the local newspaper website, check the headlines there. And then ever since the war started, I look at CNN and that's it. The rest of my life is life. Yeah. 
So I don't know, maybe that's it because I've I've always been told like, you know, brag. <laughs> like the I'm best way. I like, still haven't written anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been told like the best writers, you know, writers write, but also if you want, if you don't have any ideas for writing, don't read other books, but like go live life. Because like that's where your stories come from, right? You are one of the funniest writers. Oh, stop that I you. Know. And so like I feel like you could really if you focused on that, you could actually put you could produce some really funny like essays. Essays. They scare me. Why do essays scare you? Essays scare me because I guess because I I see them as scholarly, academic. And like I'm I'm not academic at all, you know. And also I haven't written one since like <laughs> since like college. You know, it's it's so strange. I feel like I've spent so much of my life just getting the advice when it comes to being creative. I, like I, I I know all these things. Like everything everyone is saying, I know it all, right? You've got to get it from here, JP, up up in your head. Yeah. To your no, oh, that's the Hawaiian word. No, oh, like right into your your innermost being, your your gut, yeah, where your true self is. Okay. So having said that, um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, improvise uh, a one act for you guys, okay. one man show. It all started. I'm not <laughs> this is what happens. Like you may, this is a riv sesh, but like I think even like I think maybe ninety percent of our riv seshs are are somewhat planned. <laughs> like sometimes we do. I do like have like ideas. Like, okay, I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna talk about that. About that. I don't think I've ever just been like, okay, riff sesh right now. <laughs> and so like that's why I'm kind of like struggling to just like push thoughts out of my mind. But that's what you have to do. That's what I'm learning. That's I think that's what this episode's going to be about. Uh, Matt, was there a time you had to push thoughts out of your mind, uh, like I'm trying to right now? Um. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't, I, there's yeah. There's nothing. Nothing. This I have no thought to push out on that. Do you think that there's more? Thought constipation's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's more like pressure on like creative people than there is on people who just like are kind of more career focused? Um I I'm talking about like artists, like you know to like if if they want to like in it maybe not I, so much create for a living, but like do you think there's more pressure to to be creative than there is to be like a person just like earning a nine to five salary. I think there's more internal pressure. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think externally people care one way or the other, but I'm feeling, right? I feel like maybe that's like where the pressure comes from. It's like, uh, whatever I do, it has to be, has to kick ass because people don't care. It's like, I have to make them care. I guess. I mean, I, I know that I sometimes feel this pressure cause I've kind of felt it hurt my whole life. It's like, okay, so, you know, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of not good, passable more than passable at a few things in life like i'm a good writer good preacher public speaker 
Um, I, I'm okay. I'm okay at surfing, you know, things like that. And so there was always this like sense that I was like growing up that I was like, I have to do something with those things because it's like God gave me these talents. And so you don't want to just stick the talent in the ground. You know, you got to take the risk with it, right. To, to allude to the parable, um, <clears throat> of the talents. But, you know, it's, but I, I don't know. I've kind of like, there's things I want to make. And I'm kind of slowly working at them. Like I've got probably two books finished. I just can't, I'm just too lazy to find a publisher. Cause I don't want to deal right. with a publisher. Yeah. I don't want to deal with all that crap. The whole song um, and dance. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, for me, I'll just say, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have to give it to an editor and them to be like, this isn't going to sell. So I need you to do like, shut up. You don't know. You, you don't know anything. <laughs> um, I, I think about like, so I think I've talked about this before, but like that. So the music, the music professor, former, my, my former music professor in seminary wrote a book on like Christian theology in various hymns. And he titled the book oft, after this one particular hymn and every chapter of the book opens with a line from that hymn. And it's like meant to be like, sort of encapsulating whatever. And the publisher was just sort of like, oh yeah, that, that title's not snappy. So they changed the title to Vital Music for Vital Congregations. And they made it like, try to make it into like a how to use music to make your congregation better. And it's like, that's not, that's not what he was writing. Yeah. And that's the kind of crap that I just don't want to deal with. And then, but I know that then there's the alternative is self-publishing as Matt went the self-publishing route. But the problem with the self-publishing route then is then you have to like, put it in front of people's faces. Yeah. He got to do all that publishing stuff yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I feel very weird about like, Hey, read my book, you know? Right. Like that's just me. Like I don't judge anyone who does. Like I, I'm actually quite somewhat envious of people who are like comfortable with that. But like me, I'm like, here's this thing I wrote about a wordless book. You should read it. <laughs> um, here's this thing about aliens getting baptized this is cool well you are getting to another thing that that kind of bothers me when i'm trying to come up with something is usually like most of my ideas just exist either in my head or on the piece of paper that i wrote and then like verbalizing it i'm like oh wow that sounds like shit like sometimes there, there have been times where i'll try to like i'll love an idea that i've thought of and i've written and then, like, someone's like, oh, so what are you writing? I'm like, oh, all right, let me pitch it to you. And, like, halfway through the pitch, I'm like, this sounds like crap. I'm actually hating this now the more I talk about it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm well, interested in, in, in Matt's thoughts because I because yeah. there is another element to it. Like, are I, you? I, I, yeah. Because there are times where I feel like I'm so glad I didn't write this when I was 25 years old. <laughs> it's, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't pursue that idea back then because it's pretty bad. And also, I was twenty five. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know anything. And also, like the person I was back then, definitely not the same person I am now. I'd be kind of embarrassed to be honest. I, I think there's like a certain age I got to that, like before then, I would probably hate now and would probably like tell people like, no, don't, don't watch or read that. <laughs> that kid had no idea who he was yet. You don't want to meet that person. I'm not even anywhere near that person. I want to know if, like, you do you feel that way at all about, like, your book, Matt? Like, do you ever go back and visit, like, oof, what was I? Ooh, I don't know about that. Or are you just like, no, this is perfect? No, definitely not perfect. I still can appreciate what I put on the page for the book. 
Mm-hmm. But there's definitely things that I've learned since then that I'm like, oh, man, I wish I would have wrote that or I wish I would have said it differently here. Um, but but no, I, I still I still like I still like the concept and the fact that it's there <laughs> and I can appreciate that the. Uh, uh, where it came from, if that makes any sense, I yeah. can still appreciate that. Even though, even though, yeah, definitely can look back and go, man, if I hadn't written it then, I could do this now, sort of a thing. See, that's so. interesting because the, the the way, I guess, the way I'm imagining it is so much more worse than what it what it would end up being if you had if I'd actually done it. Because the way you're sort of talking about it is the way I think I feel like a lot of artists and writers talk about like their past work. They're not like embarrassed by it, but they do like, yeah, there's a few things that have changed. Like, right. like Steven Spielberg talking about like Close Encounters. He's like, I just wouldn't have had the dad leave. That's it. I was a different person back then. I wanted to get away. <laughs> maybe I'm making it uh, worse than it is, and maybe that's why I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I'm thinking about this conversation. And I'm thinking yeah. about your goals and dreams, and I realize that you are doing something amazing. What? Man was created in a garden and told to care for it. We were created to be in perfect union with the world itself. I don't know. I'm just reading random passages from Matt's book. Oh. <laughs> I know it. He vanished. He came back and he's not looking at us. I'm like, oh, he's got the stinking book. He's going to try and prove it. But you know what? I like that part that you're reading. I still yeah. like it. Wait, could you well, read that was, again? Because I was uh, like, I, I, I'm, I was too. It's a passage about uh, someone that Matt knows that tried to start a composting initiative in Lake Worth. Right? And then. Uh, it's a very Lake Worth thing to do. Yeah. We were created to be in perfect union with the world itself. She has an understanding that we are meant to care for the planet we have been blessed with. Rather than approach her with judgment, what if someone went to her and said, I believe that what you are doing is right. I believe that we are meant to care for the planet God has given us to live on. Is there any way I can help? So there you go, JP. Like, let's, we, can, we, can say, we can say that we believe that what you're doing, whatever it is, is the right thing to do. So even if you're just mulling over a story in your head, because someday you'll be 50, 60 years old and it's going to emerge and it's going to be like the one thing that you put your entire life into, like Dewey Cox. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good passage, Matt. There seems to be a rift yeah, in the Beatles. Totally out of context, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I was just looking for, uh, I was looking for something in here that looked like it had sort of like it related to creativity. So I was just going to read it and see if you caught the reference. I'm not mocking your book. I want you to be aware of that. I am not mocking your book. I was just oh, it's trying to drop. I, I liked it. There you go. I wanted to mock checks, but I still don't have one. Oh, jeez. I know full. I fully acknowledge the fact that I am both lazy and probably afraid to put my stuff out there. Well, there's there's a there's a flip side to it. There's also a laziness and a fear when it comes to watching or reading your friend's stuff. <laughs> because, admittedly, I I have not read Matt's book. <laughs> I mean, I, I I own it, um, probably because I'm a bad friend, dude. Uh, dude uh, I had like nine months and I didn't watch a movie. I can forgive you having six. Or eleven okay. years and not reading a book. Yeah. 11, no. I mean, if we're being <laughs> honest, it is a book. <laughs> I don't. I don't get. I don't read those much. Oh my gosh, we're looking at War and Peace here. All right. Okay. 
Yeah. That's Copyright funny. 2011, by the way. Uh, so 21 years. I'll read it, I promise. Or 11 is, years, 11 years. Is it on Kindle? <laughs> it actually is. Oh, okay. Well, see, then maybe I'll be able to read it then. Didn't you just say you had a copy? Yeah, but... The word just came out your mouth. But so I'm saying I probably have an easier time reading it on Kindle. I could just pretend it's someone's Twitter feed. But have you read Chuck's book? His manuscript that he sent me specifically so that I can give him my thoughts. And I would, just I would just find it really ironic if somehow you did when a copy didn't exist because he wouldn't publish it. Oh, geez. Now you he's... somehow read his and the one that you had, it would have been great. Did I, I send know, you like, a copy? Did I send you a copy of that manuscript, Matt? Um, I believe I got the first like chapter or two because we talked about it. One okay. of yours. Which I don't know which one it was. It was the um, it's gonna drive me nuts now. I don't. And remember. were you part of the? Were you title. And were you part of the? Were you part of the the book group? At uh, were you part of the book group? Um, back in Florida when we read my, my thesis, on gay marriage. No, but I think that's what the thing you sent me was. Queries. Yes, that's what it was. Straight queries. Yeah, queries. Straight th straight thoughts on God on on, what is it? sex or love god god love or god sex and same sex love something like that anyway so i've written i've written two books i have also a book on like evangelism and i just they're complete like they're done they're yeah. just sitting on a hard drive part of me i will say the gay marriage book i'm like, terrified to release because i'm terrified of woke twitter <laughs> well i mean it could it, it it could work into your favor it's one of those yeah, you like you know worry about that whole self-promoting thing you're talking about because if you put that out there they'll promote it for you just go on like tucker carlson or something you know just just mix up the audience <laughs> right well but like i don't like because it's not that i because it's a, it's it's a pro-gay marriage book right so like i'm just afraid of friggin it's like i didn't say it the right way that's who freaks me out are the people who are like supposedly on your side, but you don't do it exactly the right way. And then yeah. they drag you for it. Oh, I know. I mean, that's that's what the, uh, that's what happened to Lindsay Ellis for like the sixth time. And she had to leave Twitter and YouTube. Actually, she kind of quit her whole career because of it. Yeah, I don't I don't want that crap in my life. Well. So maybe my gay my, my same sex marriage book will just probably never see the light of day from a publishing standpoint. Matt, are, are you working on anything? Maybe a follow-up to your book, or I don't even know. No, see, I, I here's where I'll give Chuck credit on on my end. I wrote the one, published the one, and then I've come up with six other ideas that I never even started. So, mm. so I mean, in theory, who accomplished more? I put one on a piece of paper, but he's written two. Just saying. Right. We just need to start a master divinity publishing house. Probably. And we just put our own shit out. Um. Something I'm sure would not go south at all. <laughs> Starting a business in these times. <laughs> I don't know. We just self-publish it and we just put it on our website and give us money. Maybe that's just what we do. We distribute it through our through our, our channels, our people. Hey, just turn it into a blog. How about... <laughs> no. You've got the next year planned out. Think about it. It's a fanzine. <laughs> um I don't know. I, I and I got my alien novel. 
That's the other one. I am that I I am on writer's block big time with that thing. Yeah. I'm I'm my writer's block is horrible. Like I think so much of it I get so wrapped up in like you know, does this like represent my identity as an artist? You know, because when Quentin Tarantino makes a, a a movie, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, right? And it's like you're just kind of stuck doing that. So it's like, okay, if I make a horror script, right, a slasher, are people just going to be expecting slashers from me? From me? And like, what if I want to make like a detective story? What if I want to make like a, a, a romantic comedy? And I've got romantic comedy ideas that I like. I think what you have to do is you have to you have to establish your right. The the idea as we see it in 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 many modern media, right, is you make a name for yourself in a particular, with a particular focus, right? You get known as the horror guy. You get known as the guy who chops up old 70s movies and puts a lot of F words and N words in them. Uh, you get known as well, that. And then, and then you throw a curveball and you do something unexpected and they're like, oh, oh, okay, this is his romantic comedy. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue since I'm known as the guy who's not on the podcast. I have to go. Oh, um, okay, dude. So I'm making the name for and maybe maybe I'll throw a curveball next time. I'll talk the whole time. Maybe maybe next time we should all get together and talk about the Beatles get back. Oh no, I was trying to play with the whole stupid thing. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Bye, Matt. We love you. Anyway. I'll let you go back to your easy listening with Father Chuck and JP. Let the echo chamber begin. Talk to you guys later. Miss you guys. Miss you too. All right. See you, dude. Miss you. Um, I think the the solution is to write like Stephen King. And by that I say, just take that delete key right off your keyboard. <laughs> and you don't have to go back... Or anything. You just let those thoughts come out. Doesn't matter what he, they are. He is also a prolific su- uh, submitter. Yeah. Like he submits constantly. Yeah. He just he just writes. Like that's all mm-hmm. he that's all he does. He just just writes. And you know when he wrote Carrie, he was living in a trailer with his wife and his daughter, and he would go into his closet, the only closet they had. He put his typewriter on a sewing table, right? You don't know if you know what a sewing table mm-hmm. is. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know what it is. And it wasn't even like a table. He had to put it in his lap. Right. And so he's sitting like crisscross applesauce in the, in the closet with this giant typewriter on the sewing table in his lap writing Carrie. Mm-hmm. And it's like people like that, like you, they, they just they just do it. They don't. They can't do they, anything else, right? Yeah, they have that kind of focus. Well, and then they're also just you know, there's there's also let's just acknowledge the fact that there is a there is an a fairly unjust aspect to the publishing publishing world, oh, yeah, yeah. Hollywood, all of it, because nepotism is yeah. rampant. Well, it's like I'm so the Gilded Age, right? So Julian Fellows' new show, it's on HBO Max, his um, you know Downton Abbey type show that's set in Gilded Age, New York features a bunch of actors that are like stage actors they're you know other than like carrie coon pretty much and and uh carol whatever her name is almost no one else on that show and uh, there's like three people that have been in stuff for three or four people that have been in like shows like movies or tv shows or something everybody else is like stage actors but one of the main characters of the show 
this great, you know, up and coming, like first thing she's ever done, actress. Turns out she's Meryl Streep's daughter. <laughs> you know, and it's just so you read that, and you're like, oh, of course, of course, you're going to get a career. Right. I think about like friends of mine, just in the priesthood, whose dads were priests uh, or moms, but most in most cases, their dads were priests. And like they get stuff. You know, I don't mean that like they get it, like they receive it, but like they, you know, they also get it. Like they know how to navigate things in such a way to get themselves in positions where they get noticed and all of that. And somebody like me who comes in ground floor is just sort of like, okay. Right, right. Um, There's so many other obstacles. Like speaking as someone like who used to work in the film industry, the one thing that always bugged me, the one gatekeeper that you had to always get past if you're a screenwriter and you're, you're just like thrown a, a script at a studio, like your manager, agent, whatever, and there's some miracle able to get in, the person that the script goes to first is the script reader. Mm-hmm. And they kind of decide like what sucks, what's worth reading, whatever. And so their whole job is just to read every single script that comes in for their boss, whatever, or executive or studio, whatever. Who do you think is a script reader? It's not it's not an old guy whose whose career is behind him. Right. You know, it's not someone disinterested in the writing craft, right? No, it's another writer. Yeah. So like you already have this sort of like biasness where he's like none of you are getting in. <laughs> like you got to get through me, buddy, while I'm trying to work on my script. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and then then there's a whole piece of just like some other person who supposedly knows marketing trends oh, yeah. will be like, we got to change this, this or this because nobody's going to read this or write this or why or read this or watch this or whatever, because this is blah, 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 blah. And it's like at the same time, unaware that audiences are always looking for something new. Right. Um, God, and like that, that's what makes me upset. <laughs> like. I mean, giving something they you know that they want is one thing, but like, just we've completely sacrificed this idea that hey, audiences sometimes like things they've never seen before. <laughs> sometimes you can blow their mind that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, think about think about marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, the show is great. It's huge. There was absolutely no precedent for it to be on television. Yeah, I mean, like there was, there wasn't like a whole trend of like, there was, there was like a whole trend of like shows about up and coming stand up comics, much less one who's a Jewish housewife in the '60s. And it's also kind of like, I mean, just the thought of it when I hear, I'm like, oh great, like another comedian, a vanity project. You know, we already have enough of those, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not that. It's Um, more about stand up than it is about like a you know like a like a curb your enthusiasm or something right well and also about the culture around the development of stand up as we understand it today moving away from these hacky and also the things. history of it too yeah yeah because really Lenny Bruce plays a big part part in it and everything yeah. but anyway all this is to be said right I, I, Matt Matt's challenge stands right instead of easy listening echo chamber JP and and Chuck uh just make a friggin movie. <laughs> Well, it, I mean, did you did you watch SNL this past week? Uh, I think I did actually. It Oscar was, Isaac. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, uh, his monologue where he showed yeah, the video, the movies he made himself. Right. Yeah. 
Just do it, man. <laughs> I guess I should. I, I was reading... think about think about think about. Okay, you're like right now. I'll, let's 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 brainstorm an idea. Let's let's pitch an idea right now. You were sitting in a room. Okay. Okay. In a room. It's your room. Exterior. Right? It's Interior your room. This is GPR. this is your space that you live in right now. Like right. Like you, you write what you know. You, you you film what you know. Right. So you right now, like the one space in your home that is truly yours are the four walls around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, right. There's 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 a dual there's duality to that because it's both sanctuary, but it can also feel like it's trapped because you don't have. Right. right. This is basically things off of conversations that we've had and things you've said to me in the past. So make a movie. Film yourself in your room. Yeah. With your four walls. Make it something. Like Parasite or, or The Room. <laughs> I don't know. But like play off the fact that it's, you know, I don't know. You can make a movie. You, you do a whole movie where like just, just five minutes of you talking to the Willem Dafoe painting next to you maybe i should you can even superimpose you can even superimpose your lips over it and make it look kind of funny (laughs) there is a uh i don't know if i've talked to you about this and i i've wanted to i wanted to share it on the podcast there's a youtube channel um there's a youtuber i guess i should say his name is joel haver and he's a young dude and his whole thing is that he just makes movies and puts them on youtube and -hmm. some of them are, are really short and he's kind of known for doing these uh, animations. He has this like particular animation style that he does. Like it's kind of like a weird cell shading thing. And so he does riffs on like video games and role playing games and stuff. That's kind of how he got famous. But he has made like a handful of feature films that he just posted on YouTube. And I've watched a couple of them. And they're not bad. Uh, I mean, they're a bit like they're they're very unconventional. Like they're not the kind of thing you'd see on a Friday night. I guess I, I, I like them because I'm, I, I've worked at film festivals. I've, I, used, I love going to film festivals. They're very film festival-y type mm-hmm. films. Um, and and it's, I, I love watching him just talk because every now and then he'll do a video where he'll just like speak about what's on his mind. He's like, people keep asking me now that you're, you're big because he has like over a million followers now. And he's like, now that you're big, are you going to try to break into the real thing, go mainstream, go to Hollywood? And he's like, no. I don't want to go to Hollywood. I don't like Hollywood. I didn't do this to become a Hollywood filmmaker. I am just making what I make. Right. And he's like, I've heard all of the instructions of like how to get here and there, make a movie this way with this sort of act structure. And he's like, it's all bull crap. Don't listen to any of it. Don't, and don't let people like judge you for not doing it. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> I would say that people like him are more cinematic than most things that we watch. Because it's, you know, when when Martin Scorsese, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but I'm sorry. It's just, it was a moment Martin Scorsese, like, destroyed the internet. When he said that Marvel wasn't cinema, that's what he was trying to say. Was that he and his colleagues were developing, had gotten to this stage of cinema history where cinema was... You had an idea and you put it out there without going through all the BS, mm-hmm. without all of the crap, without, you know, like you were talking about publishers and how they edit you and tell you like, oh, we need to take this out. We had to, that's not a snappy enough heading. Cinema was supposed to be like, you put it out there. That's it. Without anyone, uh, uh, without market trends and IP and all this other crap. So anyway, 
Fix Me, Love Them, Christianity as it should be. It's on Amazon. Check it out. The thing that I have felt about myself in it is like that the sort of things that I'm wanting to create don't fit into the little boxes that like various media outlets want them to. Like, and that, yeah. and I don't mean that in that like I'm a rebel. I can't be defined by labels. I know it sounds that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, you know, like I realized like when I was writing short fiction in college. I realized that like my stuff was too religious for a secular market, but too like gross or like vulgar for a Christian market. I, I sort of feel like that, you know, like I want like I just I, I, I approach like when I when I want to try to convey ideas and things, I approach them from very weird places like the, the this book on evangelism that I put together that I need to get out. Um, it's little. It's a short little thing. It's probably no probably. Save as Matt's book. Like, not a very big thing at all. It would be the, about the um, same length as The Prayer of Jabez? So. Yes. There, yeah, 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 there you go. I, I wrote it using the the five colors of the wordless book as okay. a framing reference. And it's like, okay, well, it's a very Episcopalian book because I'm writing as an Episcopal priest. I'm not going to be anything else you know, other than that. But it's like Episcopalians don't have any kind of relationship with the wordless book. Right. And you know, Baptists who do have the wordless book don't necessarily have – any interest in like what a Episcopalian is going to have to say. So it's just that kind of thing where I'm like, you know, I just don't want to deal with the rigmarole of, of trying to defend, Oh, why did you make this creative choice? Mm-hmm. You know, is this necessary? Can we change it? And then have some idiot who is just like, Oh, you know, I really think we should probably change this. It could be better done this way. And I, you know, I used to be an editor too, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, I don't want to hear it. Right. But I do want my stuff out there. Because I think people would benefit from it. Well, maybe we, that, that we should commit ourselves. JP, here's what we here it is. Here, here here's the deal. Okay. We both said we don't. The, the issue is we don't have deadlines. Yeah, that's the thing. One issue. Well, let's create a deadline. Oh boy. Okay. Am I supposed to make a movie? Is that <laughs> is that what I? Yes. Okay. I just want to say your job is way easier than mine. You just write something. I have to make a movie. I gotta use. I gotta use a camera. A script, I gotta then. use editing. Then write a script. How about this? We we keep it. We keep it. We keep it simple. Okay. Let's say by end of May. Okay. Is that too soon? End of May. Yeah. We have completed writings, ready to go. A draft of something. Well, that's a kind of hard for me. I already have, yeah, a draft because that, that that'll force me to finish my my novel. So. A, a a draft of my novel okay by the end of may all right and we're and here's the deal how about this what if we get so risky enough that we say we will put the draft out there through our masters <laughs> of divinity listeners so that we are accountable to someone and that they are like potentially interested i i'm in what we're doing it. no let's do it yeah I'll, okay. I'll, I'll accept that challenge. Challenge accepted, Ooh. as they used challenge to say in the, in the early 2010s on, on the internet. <laughs> end of May. Okay, end of May. We got it. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. <clears throat> I'm excited. End of May. All right. So feature length script from my end. I don't. I don't know if it has to be feature length, but I mean, I'm writing. I, I'm writing a full novel. Well, well if you're writing a full novel, I should write a feature length. I think that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically it's just over sixty pages for me. It'd be ninety pages. I could do ninety pages. Yeah. It's a funny ninety pages. 
my you tell my wife you have to write 90 pages in like three months and she'd be like what (laughs) yeah it takes her it takes her like solid five minutes to write an email it's hilarious (laughs) she's not a writer yeah she came over to my dorm once we were going out on a date and it's i was in seminary and she came over and um she's gonna hang out she'd finished work early or something so she's gonna come and hang out before we had to go somewhere and, and I was like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry I came a little early. I hope it's okay. I was like, that's oh, fine. I said, I, I just need to, I need to, uh, I just have to write this paper real quick and then we can go. She said, you have to, you have to write a paper. Oh, like, yeah, I have to write a paper. Don't worry. Wow. Paper was done within an hour, like a, like a 12 page paper or something like that was done within an hour. Holy crap, and dude. she was like, you, you, you just did that? Like, yeah. What? When you write here, this is a, so I have a question for you for screenwriting. When you write, you really do have to write character colon dialogue enter character colon dialogue right like you have yeah. to do that every but if you have software it does it for you like you have certain like keystrokes and stuff that you can fiddle with that'll so okay, you don't have to write it I've... every single time because anytime I've ever tried to do that, like I just lose my train of thought. I was just like, there's no way I could ever write a yeah. script. That's why the software exists, because it is a, a huge pain. I mean, you know, people back before software, but there was software, you know, you had to do it on a typewriter. I right. Just imagine that, you know, or a handwritten. Like Akira Kurosawa used to handwrite his, his, his scripts before he typed them out. But yeah, I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I, cause I've thought about this is an idea I've actually thought about running by you every now and then, because I started to think about, you know, like comic books mm-hmm. and realizing that comic books are made very similar to films. Yeah. In that there is a script, the script contains notes on like, ang- like, you know, basically camera angles, like what, what you're looking at. Kind and of. I've, thought, I, I've, I've noticed that a lot of the writers have different methods. Some of them do it like, like they're writing a screenplay and I'm not, and I've seen some scripts uh, of comics that are just like, like video scripts where it's just like a, a panel and then text next to it. And it's just like mm-hmm. pages of that. So it's, yeah, I think it's just whatever you're comfortable with. I don't think there's like a set format that's required. Like, like in film, like you had to do, it's required right. the format that it's in. Well, cause I was actually thinking about, is there a possibility of taking something like you've written, like you and I just for the, for the, for the heck of it, taking a script that you've written and me try to adapt it into a comic book form. Oh, uh, it's po- Yeah. Yeah. And just, put it out there just for the heck of it because sure. i can draw sure um <clears throat> i don't know like because i thought about there, i had this idea a while back for us to do something additional with uh, the podcast called chuck treks oh yeah uh you know we have the chick treks with the chuck trek yeah. yeah so i was thinking about like oh should i just have jp and like we should just sit down and hammer out a couple of ideas and like you could kind of basically script them out and i would just draw them that's right but yeah, yeah i remember doing i remember talking about that yeah um we could do the marvel but, method <laughs> There we go. The Marvel member, you, you just you just do the drawings, and I'll fill in the ti- the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Ditko would just be like drawing like, yeah, whatever on the page, and <laughs> and then Stan Lee comes in. Wow, gee Willikers. <laughs> Excelsior. They always um, have that kind of prose. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because I think about like here's the thing about that kind of stuff too. Because like, part of me is also like, should we just do freaking werewolf, uh, freaking vampires that way? Like, should we just do freaking <laughs> vampires like as a as a graphic novel? As a as a as a web comic, perhaps. Yeah, as a web as a as a webtoon. When well, no, webtoons are usually kind of adult oriented, aren't they? Mm, I don't um, know. Web comics are but, are a big thing. Yeah, but hey, can we before we end? We have to we have to talk about something. What? What's that? 
we have to briefly talk about righteous gemstones, but mostly, oh, yes, we have to talk about the fact. One, thank you for getting me into that show. But the other is we have to talk about the fact that they, someone finally filmed your idea on freaking <laughs> vampires. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't. Well, it's not quite mine, but it, it, it's it's still enough to be like, if I did it, they'd be like, ah, JP, you got that from righteous gemstones. Like, no, no, it finally happened. So. Uh, yeah, without spoiling anything, listeners, you may be into that watching that show and haven't finished it yet. But there's a there's a scene where characters uh, wind up um, upon a, a grisly murder scene, and they slip and fall in the dead person's blood and sort of flail around in the blood, have trouble getting up um, yeah. because they keep slipping in the blood. And this was exactly a scene that JP had written for freaking vampires involving my character and his character after killing their first vampire in a bathroom, public yeah. bathroom, that the vampire, because uh, uh, multiple uh, multiple attempts at using a stake and missing the heart result in just, just Tarantino-esque volumes of blood being <laughs> sprayed about this public restroom, and then Todd and Roman uh, slipping and falling on their way out, but very extended... An yeah. extended sequence. It's the one thing that I, the, it, it, it is no joke. It's the one thing that I really wish we had actually filmed. I don't know what I was thinking when I was coming up. I'm like, who in the world would let us do this? Like, <laughs> who, who's going to, like, because I had written the scene at, that of it taking place at the time, the gym lobby where those bathrooms are. Yeah. And there's a very big lobby. I had envisioned it taking place there. I'm just thinking, like, you know, they wouldn't let me film what we did film in the chapel. Right. So there's no way they're going to be like, hey, I just want to cover the floor in blood. Um, and we're just going to slip around in it. Oh, you see, I thought you wanted I thought you wanted the slipping around thing. I thought you wanted that scene to take place in the um, the the was it that that restroom that was in the like that like what building was it Wayneburg over by the mail, mailboxes, that bathroom over there. Um, it's been a long time. I don't remember. I Yeah. And none of that stuff's the same anymore. Now they've changed everything around the campus. But um <laughs> But oh, it, but you wanted to do it in the gym. That's fun. Yeah, like in the lobby. Yeah, we were gonna kill the vampire in there, and the blood was gonna kind of just kind of pouring out from under the door into the lobby. Like that's how much blood there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you just we kill them. We we're, we're badasses walking out of the out of the restroom, and then we just fall. Like we fall off camera, and then you cut to a wide shot of us in the blood, and we're just like slowly kind of standing up. Oh, okay, and then we just keep following. Yeah, and we're trying to help each other up. We're actually making it worse by grabbing each other and like pulling each other down and like, <laughs> kind of like there's a there's a great there's a great similar scene in um, um, Home Sweet Home Alone, the new Home Alone movie that was made this past winter or that was released in Disney Plus this past winter, where the uh, the, the the two uh, the, the 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 criminal characters not really criminal criminals it's Ellie Kemper and I can't remember the other guy's name, and uh, but the kid is the kid is frozen in the driveway. And as they're trying to get into the house, they keep slipping and falling on this ice in this very <laughs> it's and there's like you got this great moment. It's like, I've got it. I've got the balance. I've got the balance and then fall. And somebody's yeah. 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 It's it's very uh, it's kind of a very silent film sort of, you know, kind of comedy was inspired by. I would have I, it would have been fun to film. It really would have been fun. to it film. Would have been, I don't think anyone would have let us do it in a thousand years. We'd have to find some girl way of doing it. <laughs> Can you imagine if we just did it? Like, just no, just pour this corn syrup on the floor yeah. here, <laughs> and then just leave and never say anything. <laughs> what a way to go out! Like, that's why you were expelled, JP. Yeah, 
Chuck, that's why you were expelled because your friend wanted to make a vampire movie and you wanted to slip around and play. Hey, man, I, I, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I quite literally almost died for your art. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We got the shot. It was good. <laughs> I just remember, I remember, I remember my, uh, uh, a certain ex-girlfriend of mine that is known to us, of course, uh, who would get quite upset over <laughs> the fact that I would stay up all night and make movies with you, like during like finals week. Yeah. And she would be like, you should be doing your, your actual, you worked on your projects. I'm like, why would I do that? When, <laughs> when I can get licked by Onyx upside my face <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> oh, that was a time. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It, it, it's it's fun looking back on that, but I can't help but to feel like a little bit of remorse because I feel like it didn't really, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to do it, you know, like I don't know. I, I'm hey, I'm glad we had these memories and and they're fun to to reminisce on, and I'm super thankful for them. But it's it, it's it's there's there's a bittersweetness to it, you know, because I'm not hey, actually I think... making films. I think about that too. I think about you know, you're not I, you're not you don't get to say this on Bravo, you know, like that's right. <laughs> well, no, I, it's and honestly in a in a in another world, right? We all would be doing these things because I sometimes think about like yeah, maybe Pedro Bustamante really should have been a focus. Like maybe I could have done something with Pedro Bustamante. Yeah, uh, that was the rock band that Keelan and I started. Um, a couple of tracks on this uh, on this feed if you want to go back that far. That's true. Well, acoustic version, not not the same as the live performance that we had when. Uh, that live performance is beautiful. I will say that was the that was a crowning achievement in my life. You talk about stuff in college that you really were proud of. That was a crowning achievement in my life during my college years because uh, I think I may have mentioned on the episode, Keelan and I, we had to, you know, PBA, of course, is Christian schools. There's all this quality control around, like, the Battle of the Bands type stuff. So they had us, uh, they required everyone to rehearse their songs before they would let you go on stage. And I... Um, and so uh, Keelan and I just, we didn't want to bring all of our equipment and set up like a full electric set. And we didn't have our drummer with us and all that. So we just brought two acoustic guitars and played our, our, our songs for the judges. And they were like, okay. And so they approved us. And then they, they used that as the justification on where to place us in the, in the show. Well, little known to us is that Battle of the Bands at PBA tended, they tended to front load Battle of the Bands with a bunch of like acoustic folk rock you know, singer songwriter yeah. things because there's probably so many of them, right? Like so <laughs> I'm sure many that was like them. every single, <laughs> so many of them. So, um, and so they stuck us, they stuck us in a slot, assuming that we were also doing acoustic singer songwriter stuff, having no idea that we were an actual full on rock outfit. Nice. And, uh, and then, so they stuck us. So we, I just remember someone did like some covers of like, I don't remember who, but it was, it was definitely like a folksy one guy in guitar. Yeah. You know, singing his singer songwriter songs. And then we get up there, they call us up and we plug in and I did a test, a volume test. And my guitar had a fair amount of distortion. I'll never forget. And it was just like, <laughs> and by this point, everyone in the crowd was sick of singer songwriters. Yeah. And so people were just like, yeah, 
think I was. I think I remember that. You were. You were there. Yeah. You wore the only Pedro Bustamante shirt that exists. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so we played. We played Lady on My Arm, and it was just so much fun. <laughs> and that was the one Keelan had on the jet. He looked like Prince, and we were like, you know, he had a, he had a white ascot on his neck. That's right. And he was his back turned. We had our backs turned to the audience. We slowly turned around as each instrument like kicked in and everything. Just it was so much fun. The crowd went wild. Whatever. And then. Right after us was some guy doing acoustic praise and worship songs. <laughs> <laughs> so they just stuck this rock outfit singing about lady on my arm. Oh gosh. That's funny. Yeah. That's pretty And funny. then they stuck then they stuck an acoustic guitar praise and worship guy right after us. So in my to this day, Keelan and I are like, we kinda of feel bad for him because he had to follow up like a, a and clearly like we had primed the crowd for more rock music. Right. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's great that was like your 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 quarryman era yeah yeah totally yeah um i yeah but the thing is is like at the same time i can look back and say i did it you know i did it i did these things totally um that was something my mom used to say when i was a kid i never understood it now until i'm you know well into my adulthood and i'm like yeah it's really special that i even got to do them at all um but that's why jp we are at least setting deadlines to do some other force ourselves to do something creative totally and we should we should uh have some readings i think on an episode oh are we are we gonna sort of turn this into the like it's gonna be like the uh maybe like open mic night like <laughs> oh there you go I was, I was thinking more along the lines of like the uh uh like the inklings but like just oh yeah, podcast yeah. I mean, it out. Same thing. totally yeah could you imagine could you imagine if podcasting existed when the inklings were around and, and like you could <laughs> listen to a podcast of tolkien and Lewis and Charles Williams and Madeline Engel and all those people. Dorothy, yeah, it would have been amazing. I think that would be a very funny podcast if someone was like, let's do a podcast as those figures. Hey, dude, I still, I wish, I wish I could get away with doing the Browning and Post's curiosity, <laughs> podcast of curiosities. Yeah. But there's no way that I could get away with that in my line of work. Because <laughs> it involves us, of course, having to be a little bit culturally insensitive for the sake of humor. Yeah. Um, but no, that would be pretty good. But yeah, we should, we should do, that would be really funny if we just did a, if we did an episode of our podcast, it's just an open mic night. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get some uh, old past guests to come on and share their art. Right. We'll do snaps when they're, when they're finished. There we go. We have Keelan play something. Maybe he's got a guitar and plays something now. He's maybe he's written something new. I think um, I actually have a, a copy of the living waters uh review Ooh, with me i can read, read some of my poetry <laughs> i have <laughs> actually i have every living waters review that my stuff has appeared in so nice. nice i've got some of your poetry i think in there too yeah yeah it's in there it's in there my poetry <laughs> that i don't know how i don't you know athe said he liked it i'll take your word for it dude <laughs> like i don't know i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> that was i can i want to i want to say that like that that is I think this is a good way to end the podcast. I think that my my most creative time was that period of my life when we were in college. Because when we were creating stuff, it, it was for school. But like even when I, I but I was also creating things outside of school. I had a notebook that I was just like obsessively writing in. Mm-hmm. Like the creative juices were just never stopping. Um, and it was poetry. It was just thoughts like journals. It was screenplay ideas. It was, you know, fiction, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, I think so much about 
Like, why? Like, how can I, how come I can't get back to that? And I think it just kind of comes back to just like, you know, when you're in college, you're, 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 you're taken care of, you know, you've got a roof over your head, Mm -hmm. you've got food to eat. You don't have to worry so much about a lot of family stuff. And and I'm sure there are a lot of college students who did, who maybe kind of struggled throughout college. Right. Trying to downplay that. But like, you know, I had it good. Where the only thing I really, the only thing that was occupying my mind was like, just just go to school. Right. And so it, it's, I don't know. I feel like you don't really prepare creative people enough to learn how to create and also live life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's always like, you either do it or you don't. Sorry. Right, and that's when the 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 pressure, like I was saying, to be prodigious, to be yet to be a prodigy, yet to be yet to yet to be a genius at at twenty two years old. Yeah, that actually okay. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about so one. There's a surfer by the name of um. Every, everyone calls him Mister Toots, yeah. local Hawaiian surfer. Guy's great, great surfer. Right. He's sponsored. He shapes boards. He's got his own like signature like board shorts with one of the with Birdwell and and all this stuff. Anyway. But surfing's not his full-time job. Right. He is, in fact, a janitor at the middle school. Really? Near Waikiki. Huh. And gets in the because uh, the, uh, there was a write-up about him in the Surfer's Journal a couple years back. And I was blown away. Here's this guy that that's one of the best surfers in Waikiki, which is really saying something. Yeah. And he's a school janitor. And he picked that as his career because it gives him – he gets summers off so he can travel – and it puts it, he gets done with school right around, you know, he gets he, his job is done just a little bit after the students are done. So he can walk down to the beach and surf afterward and all of that. But I mentioned that just simply because like, that's one of the few, that's like, that's a, like, you don't hear too much about somebody who wrote a screenplay that is also like an accountant. It's very rare. It happens. They're definitely out there. There's a whole forum of them on Reddit, mm-hmm. but it, it's, 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 I mean, it's 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 a miracle if you can do it, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. Practically a miracle, and also it has to be good, right? Not just write it, but it's it's well written and it's a good story and worth selling and worth watching. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it, it would just be amazing to see somebody who is like, because like I've always thought it'd be cool. I've always like it was like pastors. Okay, pastors, right? Pastors, pastors write books yeah. and still stay pastors. Mm-hmm. They make things projects whatever they still right that's not their main job it's ancillary to their main job arguably but then again those pastors aren't going on hospital visits those pastors aren't marrying and burying people right they've got people on their staff to handle all of that i mean you're thinking of you know think about your joel osteens your listens (laughs) listens (laughs) your gemstones yeah (laughs) the god squad the god squad um but no, yeah, uh, that's. But you're right, though. You, if you're in a creative environment, like if you go to school for these things, the school does. The schools don't do a better, don't do a good job at all for preparing you for Being what to do with it once you're done. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're like, basically, because I guess the trajectory is similar to like a professional skateboarder, right? Where it's like you you're you're basically trying to get sponsored while you're doing like amateur competition so like 
you're, you know, so college is like amateur hour, right? You're, you're doing your amateur work, but like while you're in school, you're hoping to get noticed by some big wig so that they'll buy something you make while you're still in school and you just transition right from there to life in the big leagues somewhere. Right. But they don't do anything with, okay, well that moment didn't come for you. So you've got to pay the bills in the meantime. Right. And so but I guess I, then again, what, LA is full of, Full of people who are waiting tables, just waiting for their moment. Uh, totally, it's a different world. I mean, I, I will say that it was easier to write when I was in LA because you're always like every time you meet someone new, someone's always trying to get in the industry in LA. So you you're always kind of exchanging ideas. Now I'm in Oklahoma. Like who who the hell am I going to talk to about my idea? Right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's great. Sure, have fun, whatever. Yeah, you go you go down to the go down to the village inn, and you guys have village inns in Oklahoma. I uh, I guess maybe you have Waffle House. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, I'm so but a Seven Eleven would be more applicable. That's well, where we all hang out. That's true. I guess. I hey, speaking of Seven Eleven. Yeah. I know, like we we got to end this thing, but I'm still talking about crap. Speaking of Seven Eleven, right? So Hawaii Seven Eleven is like this amazing thing. It's very different than other places. So I was reading up on Seven Eleven, and it turns out, JP, that Oklahoma Seven Elevens are owned by a completely different company than all other Seven Elevens. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Is that so Oklahoma... why they're called? Is that why they're called Icy's and not Slurpees? Yes. Interesting. I knew it. I knew there was something yeah, I used, off. I used to get Icy's. I used to get Icy's at Kmart. <laughs> Uh, so you guys don't have Slurpees at your Seven Elevens? Um, I think they're called Icy's. Yeah, if you have a Slurpee, Icy's. then that's a court, then that's a store that's owned by you know the proper Seven Eleven. But yeah, there's some there's some like shareholder person who bought like a chunk of them back in like some kind of franchise thing back in the seventies or eighties or something, and has held on to them. So like four hundred and something Seven Elevens in Oklahoma are completely. That makes sense. Disconnected from the bigger corporate model. It makes sense that they're probably owned by one person because uh, they're they've decided to not lease space to dispensaries. <laughs> ah. So every single dispensary that was next to a Seven Eleven, they're all closed now. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, that's just that's just good synergy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like there, there there is a dispensary right next door. To our local, to our our nearby Seven Eleven that I've been going to for thirty years, dispensary <laughs> space right there. I'm like, potato chips and weed, right? But no, but it's it's it actually has a lot to do with like how Oklahoma has completely screwed up the whole marijuana industry here, and uh, it's gotten completely out of hand. Did you, uh, by any chance, have you watched the uh, latest South Parks? No, I haven't. I don't oh, watch you that. have to watch. You have to watch the second episode yeah, of the Tegrity newest Farms. season. It's uh, it's well, and it's it might be the best episode involving Token's family that has ever been made. Nice. So, all right, done. Cool. Okay. Go, well, go I right. We, yeah, we've done enough riff, riffing. Um, join us again last week when we talk about <laughs> the Beatles get back. I'm not sure what we're gonna do after this one. I don't know. It's it's a it's a long it's a long way from now. This is yeah. Maybe so. we'll maybe we'll yeah who yeah who knows we might all be conscripted in a war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta go uh, edit episode 199. <laughs> all right. 
the one after 199. Oh, oh that could have been a joke. All right. All right. Good journey. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us again next time. Good journey. To stay up to date on new episodes, be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available, and also our YouTube channel. If you enjoy the show and would like to help us out, be like Mike. Who's Mike? Mike is our very first patron on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash mastersofdivinity, where you can be like Mike and become an official member of the Mod Squad. Thanks for listening, and good journey. Good journey.